Welcome back, Spiritual Crusaders, and thank you for joining us on our podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Craig Conover, and I wanted to just take a moment and talk to you about what we are doing at SpiritualCrusade.com. If you've not had a chance to check us out, be sure to do so. We have a couple of important things going on. First and foremost, we have been doing a kind of three-way attack on this Come Follow Me program. Debbie has been heading up a video every single week to cover the Come Follow Me chapters, and it's uh, it's incredible. So make sure you go and check that out. Also, Sherry has been every single week. She's been putting together a weekly challenge, and it is in-depth, and it is just powerful. And then I've been following that up with a ponderized scripture each week. I take the scripture for the ponderized scripture and I expound upon it and help it to really hit home, help us to apply it in our lives so that we can be able to take that throughout the week and really ponderize that and make that become uh, powerful for us. We also have amazing team put together. We have newsletters that go out a couple times a month. So go to spiritualcrusade.com and register or subscribe, I should say, to the newsletter. So you can get those every single week, or uh, I guess we do it twice a month, so that you can kind of stay up on what is being put out. Also, we do general conference talks. Every single general conference talk, we have put quotes to the most powerful quotes we found, put pictures to those quotes, and we post them there. So you can go and pick any, any conference talk you'd like, and we have amazing uh, quotes and pictures put to that. And then, of course, we have all kinds of other posts as well, talks and, and just amazing quotes and inspirations. So we are really trying to put together some amazing things, especially during this crazy time of COVID-19. You have so much at your fingertips to be able to occupy your mind. You know, uh, um, Brennan Bichard, he's uh, the guy that I work for, he said that like Netflix and Hulu and, and those different streaming companies, uh, I guess the stat is that since this COVID-19 um, pandemic has hit, that streaming has increased 40%. Well, we should use some of that streaming power to stream the things of the gospel, especially with conference coming up. We need to be prepared for a conference. So um, that leads right into my lesson for this week. Actually, this was a lesson I gave before this whole thing happened, and life's been crazy. So, <laughs> so anyway, but it's I'm so glad though because this is such a perfect lesson to prepare us for conference. It is titled "Spiritual Capacity" by Michelle Craig. So let's go ahead and kind of uh, jump in here and get started. I found a. A story by uh, posted by LDS Living that was just amazing. It's titled, Two Things Distracting Us from Hearing the Voice of God in Our Lives, Plus How to Tune Them Out, uh, by, by Taylor Halv um, Halverson and Doug Whitney. So I'm just going to kind of paraphrase this story. This is a good story. And it was back when the telegraph was a fast method of long-distance uh, fastest method of long distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. And he walked in and, and on the table that there, the desk, was a sign that uh, instructed the, the applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. So he sat down, he filled out his form, and after a few minutes, 
um, he crossed the room and went into into the inner area. And the other applicants were really confused because they've been sitting there for for a long time, and they thought that he was had made a mistake or didn't read the sign or or whatever it may be, and they thought that he was not going to get the job. But within a few minutes. The employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you for very much for your coming, but the job has been filled. The other applicants began, obviously, kind of discussing, like, you know, complaining to each other. And one spoke up and said, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last to come in and we never got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job. That's not fair. And the employer said this, oh, this is so powerful, I'm sorry, but all the time you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in, the job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This man, this young man did, the job is his. I thought that was really, really a cool story about being able to tune in. Right. Uh, and in the last call of prayer, it says, how many of, of, of us are like the hopeful job applicant of this story, distracted by the noise of life that we miss the clear message? If you can hear this, the job is yours. Essentially, God is saying the, the same thing to us. If we stay focused on him and his voice, we can receive all that he has. And he that hears my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. Now, of course, there was a change there from, from hears, uh, was receiveth, but changed it to hears, but same concept, right? And it is, it is so true. So true. I just loved, loved that story. Wanted to start off with it. And that really got me thinking about one of my favorite quotes, quotes by Bruce R. McConkie. And he said this, As so it is with the revelations and visions of eternity. They are all around us all the time. They're around us all the time. This tabernacle is full of the same things which are recorded in the scriptures and much more. The vision of the degrees of glory is being broadcast before us, but we do not hear or see or experience. Listen to that again. But we do not hear or see or experience because we have not tuned our souls to the wave band on which the Holy Ghost is broadcasting, close quote. Wow. Isn't that just powerful? Right? The revelations and visions of eternity, right, are before us. Right, the vision of the degrees of glory is being broadcast before us, but we do not hear, see, or experience. Right? When will we start to tune our souls to the wave band of the Holy Ghost? Is that not what our prophet has asked for us to do at this time? He has told us to prepare for general conference. He has told us to hear him. His message, right? Hashtag hear him has been something that has been, the prophet has been really rolling out and pushing for us to hear Christ, 
for us to see, to hear, see, and experience for ourselves. And this is something that, a little segue here, and this is something that happened actually on Saturday. We took our our family, we did a, a family youth conference. And my two oldest, they kind of helped put this together and did an amazing job. They've been on, on girls camp and different things like that. And they pulled some of the things from that. But we went up just like, you know, about 45 minutes away and yeah, maybe an hour away. And we, we didn't camp overnight, but we did a whole day up there, a whole day. And the theme, I just want to kind of grab this here. The theme for our conference was know for yourself. Know for yourself. And I love this picture with Joseph Smith in the background on the right-hand side there. Or left-hand side, depending on how, how this views. I don't know. But right there below, below the, the words know for yourself. That is what we wanted for our theme, for our children, for ourselves, to know for ourselves and for yourself, right? And it's like, this is, this is powerful. This is what we are to be doing. We are to be taking this time to learn about the gospel, learn about the restored gospel, learn about Joseph Smith, prepare ourselves. Why? So that we can know for ourselves, right? And, and as you know, my kind of, Operation that I put together is Operation Prepare for Conference, Prepare for Christ. That's what we do. That's what we're doing. This All of this preparations is so that we can hear Christ, so that we can know Christ, know for ourselves. And we did a couple cool um, things, uh, activities, and, and we you know all had a little Sacred Grove experience and things like that. So it was just an amazing experience. The, the last... Last thing that, that we did was we, my, my, my wife, and I actually was the one that kind of created it, but it was my daughter's idea from girls camp and stuff, but they did a walk, a spiritual walk, where we had a couple pictures along the way. And there was little, little um, I guess, candles that lit the, lit the path, and you, we had music playing at each of those four stations. And we divided up. We had one, one of our older children and one of our younger children walk together. The older child would, would read the, the sign that was there, and then they'd both listen to the music that was playing. And it was, it was, it was powerful. It was powerful. One of my daughters, I just heard her say that she started to, to cry on that, that walk. And I just want to share with you the four quotes that, that we had here. So the first station is this, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. And they would ponder that for a little bit, with the music playing in the background. The second sign was this, what happened here changed the world. Let it change you. Let it change you. And the picture here with Joseph Smith in the background, right? The sacred grove. The second one is very simple. Ask of God. Ask in faith. 
Ask of God. Ask in faith. What will your faith open up to you? And then the last station was, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. First Nephi 3, 7. So that little, little segue there, but I just thought that it was so powerful. It's like we need to be tuning ourselves into the wavelength or the, um, the, 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 the Holy Ghost or the wave band on which the Holy Ghost is broadcasting. And we can do it. We can do it. We have, what, a, a less than a week left to just really dive in. Right? Let go of the world. Dive in. Take this lesson. This lesson is going to really help bring some, some amazing concepts uh, to life, hopefully for you, or at least re remind you of them again in a powerful way so you can take action. <clears throat> Another great resource to go and read is, uh, it is uh, the chapter 6. It's called To Hear the Voice of the Lord, uh, Teachings of the Prophet, Presidents of the Church, Harold B. Lee. I didn't get a chance to pull as much as I wanted to. So much good stuff in that chapter. But definitely go and read it. One quote from that chapter is this. Although the Lord might not speak to us audibly, as we learn to talk to him and recognize how he communicates with us, we begin to know him. President Lee said that to know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent as the master told his disciples, is to begin on the sure course that leads to eternal life in the presence of these glorified beings. I love that. We need to learn how Christ speaks to us. And then we'll be on the path. So Michelle Craig, she talks about four ways to increase your spiritual capacity to receive revelation. First, be intentional about creating time and space to hear God's voice. Second, act without delay. Third, get your errand from the Lord. And fourth, believe and trust. So let's get started here. First one, be intentional about creating time and space to hear God's voice. That's really what we did on our little um, youth conference, our family youth conference, right? We tried to create that time and that space to help our children to hear God's voice. And a little kind of cool thing about that is um, today, my, my daughter, she was, went to the, uh, when I was ready to go to work, because we we're, were still able to stay, we were able to work a little bit um, until they just got that announced today that we can't work starting close business to tomorrow we have to work from home but i was going to work and she was was headed off to her sacred grove she had already planned a, a place to go in a little park next by and she was taking a couple of the of the um, her sisters and brother with her and they were going to read and study for an hour and like that was on sunday that was on sunday actually um they did that right after we came home from that from uh that that uh, experience so it's kind of kind of fun to see them really applying and putting into practice those things that we we had taught them all right so michelle craig says quote as you use your agency to carve out time every day to draw close to god's voice 
especially in the Book of Mormon, over time his voice will become clearer and more familiar to you. Right? As we find time, we carve out time every day to draw close to God's voice and to read the scriptures, right? They will become clearer to us and more familiar to us. I guess I'll share with you another experience that happened. This happened on Friday morning. So, um, that, so yeah, so Friday morning, I woke up at 6 a.m. to an alarm that my daughter had had set and to, to wake up for that she was use, normally using to go to, to for school. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why does she have it set at 6 a.m. when we don't have to wake up this early? <laughs> you know? And so I was about to turn it off. And I did turn it off. And the Spirit said to me, go on a run. I immediately knew it was from the Lord. For it was the furthest thing from my mind. And the last thing that I wanted to do was to go and run. But I obeyed. I got dressed and I went on a run. And the Lord actually took me on a path that I never before had ever even thought about running. And he took me to a spot to pray along the way. And I sat down and I started to pray. And I'm just going to read from my journal here. After I sat down in the very spot, I wrote my thoughts from the prayer that I had just, I had just given. And this is what I said. The Lord desires for me to start becoming who I am to become. He wanted me to know that there is, there is not, wait, that now is the time and there's no more time to follow my own will, but I must follow his will. And I want you to think about that. He got me up at 6 a.m., took me to on a, on a run to a spot that I'd never before been to give me a message that was, that was very impactful for me. There is not time anymore, any longer to do our own will. We must do the will of the Father, right? Time is short. We have, the second coming is, is coming, right? And we must prepare the world for his second coming, for the, for the Savior Jesus Christ. And I just, it was so powerful for me. It's like we have to take time. We have to carve out that time every day. And that's something I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be going on a run. And I'm going to be praying at that specific spot every morning so that I can communicate with my Father in Heaven more consistently and having that little, a little sacred grove experience every day. What can you do? What can you put in place so that you can carve out that time? So the question that I, that I had posed here is, what have you found so powerful 
about the Book of Mormon. And I'm not going to answer that for you. I just want you to ponder that because I found everything powerful about the Book of Mormon. It has truly shaped my life. It's shaped my testimony. And I love that book. I'm going to share with you something I found on Facebook, actually, uh, that was posted a few, like uh, the day before I prepared this lesson by Jeffrey R. Holland. And I'm going to read this to you. It's just so good. Young friends, I know it will stun you, shock you, perhaps even offend you that I was your age once and can remember some of the challenges I faced, some of the angst I felt as a young adult. I wish to share one profound experience I had as a young adult that has shaped my life. As a 19-year-old, I read the Book of Mormon for the first time with real intent. It was while reading this sacred record so hungrily, even ravenously, that I felt again and again the undeniable whispering of the Holy Ghost, declaring to my soul the truthfulness of its message. To those first convictions have been added all all the other quickening moments and sanctifying manifestations that now give meaning to my days and purpose to my years. But the Book of Mormon was the first. I testify that the Book of Mormon is the sacred expression of Christ's great last covenant with mankind. Reading it was the beginning of my light. It led me to and taught me to love the Lord Jesus Christ to glimpse his merciful compassion and to consider the grace and grandeur of his atoning sacrifice for my sins and the sins of all men, women, and children from Adam to the end of time. The light I walk in, I walk by is his light. I testify that you can walk in the same light. Seek your witness with real intent. Come unto him and achieve the measure of the stature of Christ. Your life, like mine, will never be the same. And I'm going to reiterate the last part of that. The light I walk in, or sorry, the light I walk by is his light. I testify that you can walk by the same light, Christ's light. We can walk by his light. Seek your witness with real intent. Come unto him and achieve. I want you to listen to this. Achieve, not just strive for, not just yearn for, but achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Your life, like mine, will never be the same. That is a powerful testimony of Jesus Christ. Testimony uh, that he is a witness of Christ. But also, it is such an amazing invitation for each and every one of us to walk by Christ's light and to achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I don't know about you, but I am in love with those words and what they mean for me and you and all of us.
Let us start now, today, to tune ourselves to the wave band of the Holy Ghost and learn to walk in the light of Christ and achieve the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So on the left, uh, if you're looking, watching the YouTube here, is Michelle Craig's quote. And on the right is a quote by Harold B. Lee from that, uh, that same lesson that I talked to you about, the chapter six. I'll read the, I'll read the left side, Michelle Craig first. In contrast, the, dis the distractions and noise that fill the world and our homes and our lives can make it more difficult to hear his voice. Those distractions can so occupy our minds and hearts that we leave no room for the gentle promptings of the Holy Ghost. That is powerful. We've got to fill our heart and our mind with his light and his goodness. So there's lots of room for the promptings of the Holy Ghost. All right, on the right-hand side. So often today, men and women are living so far apart from the things spiritual that when the Lord is speaking to their physical hearing, to their minds with no audible sound, or to them through his authorized servants, who when directed by the Spirit are as his own voice, they hear only a noise, as did they at Jerusalem. Likewise, they receive no inspired wisdom, no inward assurance that the mind of the Lord has spoken through his prophet leaders. That's a pretty powerful statement. Right? They hear only a noise, as did they at Jerusalem. What are we going to do? Are we going to step up? Are we going to rise up? Are we going to be men and women of Christ? Or are we going to hear only a noise, as they did at Jerusalem? The prophet Joseph Smith taught that most Often God reveals himself to individuals in private, in their chamber, in the wilderness or fields, and that generally without noise or tumult. Tumult. <laughs> uh, but it's the still small voice, right? It's our conscience that, that we've chalked up to our conscience. No, it's, it's the light of Christ speaking to us, right? Without noise, will we hear him? I love this quote by Michelle Craig, and I love uh, just, just how she puts it, right? Satan wants to separate us from God's voice by keeping us out of those quiet places. If God speaks in a still, small voice, you and I need to draw close to hear him. Just imagine what would happen if we were as intent on staying connected with heaven as we are on staying connected to Wi-Fi or even just our phones, right? With data now, let's forget about Wi-Fi, it's just data. <laughs> uh, but pick a time and place and listen for God's voice every day and keep this sacred appointment with exactness for so very much depends on it. Let us eliminate the distractions and let us be as intent on staying connected with heaven as we do with our phones. Second, act without delay. When you receive promptings and then act with intention, the Lord can use you 
The more you act, the more familiar the voice of the Spirit becomes. You will increasingly recognize God's guidance and that He is willing to reveal His mind and will. If you delay, you might forget the prompting or miss the chance to help someone for God. And again, in bold here, in the, in the red, the more you act, the more familiar the voice of the Spirit becomes. We've heard it over and over again. It's like a muscle. <laughs> you know, we've got to learn to hear and we've got to learn to act because that hearing and action together is what brings more to us. Not just hearing it and not acting. We must hear and act. That is how we draw more of God's light and power and glory to us. I want to share an experience I've shared before, but it's it's just so applicable and I just felt that I needed to share it in this lesson. It's called Ashland's Miracle. This is my daughter. And this happened in 2017. So she's a little older now. But I want to just share an experience that I had with her. And I'm going to read some of it from a post that I had shared, um, posted earlier on the, on the website. Previous to, the, to this miracle, we had been praying to know what to do to help Ashlyn be happier. This is our little girl who in her baby blessing, I had felt inspired to bless her with charity. She is the sweetest, sweetest girl and our little mommy. But somehow along the way, she changed. And... Um, you know, teenage years does that, right? But she became a little bit cranky and a little bit mean to her sisters and to her parents. On September 10th, 2017, I woke up and shared with my wife a dream that I had had the night before. This was my second dream in a row to, um, that I have had have dream about uh, the last days. And I had no idea that my 11-year-old daughter, Ashlyn, was there on our recliner, just listening to my dream. Shortly after I shared my dream, Ashlyn asked me, how do we become more righteous? I shared with her the primary answers and went on to another discussion. As I was making breakfast, Ashlyn asked me if I wanted to hear the dream that she had had that night. Expecting to hear the typical crazy kid dream I had heard a thousand times before, I said, sure. She then began to share with me in great detail a dream she had of the last days. I was so shocked and impressed with the dream she had shared and the courage and obedience she demonstrated in her dream. She then asked me how she could be more righteous, like really righteous. And I realized she had a notebook in hand and pen in hand was ready to take notes. Her dream had depicted different groups of girls and their characters and, des and desires and what had happened to each of them. And she was there asking her dad how to ensure that she would not end up like those girls who were less than righteous. She wanted to know how to have her safety and protection in her life through living righteously. She then asked if we could start waking up at 530 in the morning and start studying the gospel like we had done in the past. And I had already previously decided to do that again. So we, um, I said, yes, for sure. The next morning we got up together 
And sure enough, when we sat down, she had her notebook and pen in hand again and asked the same question. Just a quick side note. I usually prepare several picture quotes at a time and then wait for the right time to post them. I had prepared this particular quote over a week ago and had never felt good about posting it until yesterday. When after I woke up, I felt that I needed to post it today. And so I did. Back to my daughter. I was about to expound upon the primary answers when the spirit told me to share with her the quote that I had posted yesterday. That's the one I just mentioned. And I'd even forgot what that was at that time. My memory's horrible. Uh, so I pulled up my blog and I read the first line and it was, it was, I was in awe. It was exactly the answer to her prayer. And here's what it was. The key to spiritual growth is obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I'll just read the whole quote here to you. The key to spiritual growth is obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This message needs to be blazoned in the sky in letters a thousand feet tall. We consistently underestimate how great a role obedience plays in our spiritual progress. Spiritually, nothing is possible without it. And everything, absolutely everything, is possible with it. Close quote. That is by John Pontius uh, from his book, Following the Light of Christ into His Presence. I then started to explain the quote, and she said that she tries to listen, but doesn't know how to tell if it's her thoughts or the Spirit. The Spirit stepped in again and told me to have her listen to chapter 11 of this book titled Journey to the Veil by John Pontius, which was about the voices in her head. In her head. We started to listen to that together, and a few minutes later, I heard myself telling her to take my phone and listen to it on her own and prepare a presentation from her notes. Believe it or not, she took four pages of notes over an hour and a half. And I was so impressed. She came, she came and, and gave her presentation to me and I gave her some ideas to add to what she had. It was nearly 20 minutes of content. And she presented it to my, to my wife and several of my children as well. And this experience gave her a fire that I have not seen in any of my children before. And she literally changed and was an angel child for several weeks since this miracle. When we woke up to study the, and during the day, I would catch her teaching the other children um, how to hear the voice of Christ in their minds. I look back and see the hand of the Lord as he literally guided every step of this miracle. So it, it, it was just powerful. It was powerful. But it is, just goes to show that when the Spirit, when we hear the Spirit and when we obey, miracles can happen. Just like Ashlyn and her miracle. It was a miracle for me as a dad. I did not know what to do. But the Spirit knew what, knew what to do. The Spirit knew how to touch her heart. And... We've had, ever since that time, we've had a very special bond. And we, when we listen to, to bo spiritual books together while we clean, you know, different things like that. But it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, and then, and here's the, here's the quote um, again. 
and I already already uh, shared that with you guys. But I'll give you a moment to just kind of read over it and think about it. But it's just it's just powerful, right? It is powerful. The obedience, spiritual growth, is the obedience to the voice of the Spirit. Three, get your errand from the Lord. So this is he talks about one and one. Uh, I said say plea or or prayer that the, the Father in Heaven loves to answer is when we are pleading to help someone else, right? And he talks about a quote that uh, Henry B. Eyring had, had shared uh, with him, and it was with all of us actually. If you ask questions like that, the Holy Ghost will come. And you'll feel nudges about things you can do for other people. When you go and do those things, you're on the Lord's errand. And when you're on the Lord's errand, you qualify for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think that's just, that's powerful, right? When we're on his errand, we qualify for his gift. I'm going to share this video here with you. That's a small clip that of, uh, of Michelle Craig. And I just, I love this story. So I'm gonna go ahead and play that for you. My grandfather, Fritz Hjalmar Lundgren, immigrated from Sweden when he was 19 years old. He arrived in America alone with a suitcase and six years of formal schooling. Unable to speak any English, he made his way to Oregon and worked there as a lumberjack. And then later with my grandmother and mother joined the church. He never presided over a ward, but as a faithful home teacher, he brought more than 50 different families into church activity. How did he do that? Well, after Grandpa's death, I was going through a box of his papers, and I came across a letter written by a man who had come back to church because of Grandpa's love. The letter read, Brother Fritz's secret, I believe, is that he is always on an errand for Heavenly Father. That letter was from Brother Wayne Simonis. Grandpa visited him and got to know each member of the family. In time, Grandpa told them that they were needed and invited them to attend church. But that Sunday, Brother Simonis awoke with a dilemma. He had not finished re-roofing his house, and rain was expected that week. He decided that he'd go to church, shake hands with Grandpa, and then leave and go home and finish the roof. His family could attend sacrament meeting without him. Well, his plan was working just fine until on the roof he heard someone climbing the ladder. In his words, when I looked up, standing at the top of the ladder was Brother Fritz. He just gave me that big smile. At first I was embarrassed and felt like a little kid getting caught for skipping school. Then I felt anger. But Brother Fritz just took off his suit coat and hung it on the ladder. As he rolled up the sleeves of his white shirt, he turned to me and said, Brother Simonis, do you have another hammer? This work must be very important or you wouldn't have left your family. And if it's that important, I want to help you. As I looked into his eyes, I saw only kindness and Christ-like love. My anger left. I laid my tools down that Sunday and followed my good friend down the ladder and back to the chapel. Grandpa had obtained his errand from the Lord, and he knew he was to seek out lost sheep. Pretty, pretty amazing story. I just love it. I love it. How can we be on the Lord's errand? And so here's the question that I'd like for you to ponder. 
When was a time that you prayed and asked the Lord for an errand and felt his love and guidance? Just take some time to think about that. The fourth and final point is believe and trust. Recently, I read in the scriptures about another great missionary who obeyed, this is what Michelle Craig, obeyed his errand from the Lord. Aaron was teaching the king of the Lamanites who wondered why Aaron's brother Ammon had not come to teach him. And it says, quote, And Aaron said unto the king, Behold, the spirit of the Lord has called him another way. I love, I think that's crazy. It's, it's, it's an amazing story. And I, I've always, every time I read that story, I'd like, man, why did he not go? Why did he not take that time, that chance to teach the king of the Lamanites? But because he knew something, he knew that he must go where the Lord asked him to go. Michelle said this quote here, the spirit spoke to my heart. Each of us has a different mission to perform. And at times the spirit may call us in another way. There are many ways to build the kingdom of God as covenant-making, covenant-keeping disciples of Jesus Christ. As his faithful, faithful disciple, you can receive personal inspiration and revelation consistent with his commandments that is tailored to you. You have unique, unique missions and roles to perform in life, and you will be given unique guidance to fulfill them. Then she asks this question. Do we miss or dismiss personal errands from the Lord because he has prepared a way different from the one we expect? Think about that question for a bit, right? Different from the one, the way that we expect, right? I'll tell you, it's happened many times to me, many times. Even, even the, story, the story I shared about, like waking up, going on a run, that is the last thing that I expected or wanted to do. <laughs> and yet I did. And I was so glad that I did. I was able to receive that amazing experience. Then she says, trust God to lead you, even if that way looks different from, different than you expected or is different from others. As seeking and doing the will of the Father becomes the, the cadence of your daily life, you will, of course, be led to change and repent. I think that's really important to really understand is that as we draw closer to Christ, we desire to repent. I remember I was in the, I was in the really, um, it was like three days before the temples closed or started to close. And I, um, my wife's like, we need to go to the temple before it closes. So we, we did. And we did sealings. And after we did sealings, I asked the, the sealer, I said, how do you prepare for your calling? How do you prepare to come and to seal people on both sides of the veil? You know, how do you prepare for that? Well, come to find out he's a, also a stake patriarch. And he said to me that it's the same as anybody's calling. He prays a lot, <laughs> all the time. But it was cool because he said to me that his prayer most of the time is how can he be worthy to give the blessing to the person, the name that he has. I, and, and think about this, this, this quote right here, right? After seeking and doing the will of the Father becomes the cadence of your daily life. 
you will, of course, be led to change and repent. Right? Here is a stake patriarch, a sealer in the temple, who his daily prayer is how can he be worthy? Think about that. Right? We should be repenting a little bit more ourselves, don't you think? <laughs> then the next quote, she says, The church's new program for children and youth is built on the foundation of learning to seek revelation, discovering what the Lord would have us to do, and then acting on that direction. Each of us, regardless of age or circumstance, can strive to seek, receive, and act. As you follow this eternal uh, pattern ordained for our day, you will draw nearer to Jesus Christ, his love, his light, his direction, his peace, and his healing and enabling power. And you will increase your spiritual capacity to become an everyday instrument in his hands in according and accomplishing his great work. Love that. Love that. And that's the end. So I just wanted to take a moment here and just bear my testimony that I know first and foremost that this gospel is true. I know that Joseph Smith truly saw God the Father in Jesus Christ in the sacred grove. I know that each of us, you and me, can know for ourselves. I have done that. I have sought that answer and I have found out and I do know for myself. And there is so much available to us if we just tune our hearts and our minds to the wave band of the Holy Ghost, right? We can truly be taught divinely and be brought into his presence and stand before, stand face to face with Christ and God the Father and be taught and embraced in his loving embrace, their loving embrace. And I just wanted to share these things with you and share my testimony in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.